Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williams, and this is the Locked On NFL Podcast. And as I've been telling you, we have a full slate of guests going forward. And this is a returning guest, Mike Renner. He was on every Wednesday during the season last year. He's back with us. This is the first of many. Mike, what's shaking? What's new with you? Great to have you. And I guess you had a little uh, Hollywood debut, too, uh, since I talked to you last. Oh, man, you saw that? Uh, (laughs) I saw the first episode. Short and short-lived, but it was fun. (laughs) I Uh, bet. It was a wild experience, but now I'm back to football, and I'm all in. Can't wait for the season. Very cool. How long did the whole experience uh, take take your time? I mean, I just... It was like three weeks. Okay. And you were totally not writing at that point or doing anything for pro football? No, you couldn't even... Do you couldn't even have your phone or anything oh, while wow. you were there? Couldn't watch TV. Crazy. I remember asking people. It was during free agency. I remember asking producers for updates. We're Josh Sittenstein. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the latest thing you did for Pro Football Focus, what for Pro, Pro Football Focus is your most impressive rookies through the preseason and. First of all, we're brought to you by The Athletic. I'll tell you about them in a little bit. Um, I just want to ask you, what was your basis for this? Is this just what they've done off of two games? Did yes. you have so, a... Okay, yeah, go ahead. Two games and then Bears and obviously the Ravens, three games, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, so basically what they've done and who was against. So guys just trashing backups in the fourth quarter. Uh, not necessarily going to make the list. Uh, Good, I'm glad but, you took it to that so, degree. So, yeah, a lot of these guys... It's basically the rookies, most impressive rookies through two weeks who were actually sort of playing in real time. Or there are some guys still on the list who were, uh, you know, playing against backups, but were just that good against backups that they deserved. Okay. Well, let's go through the list, if you don't mind. We've not talked a lot of preseason rookie performances thus far, so that's a great topic to to dig into today. Yeah, so the the biggest one, so offensively, the really two stood out. One – Baker Mayfield, I think mm-hmm. the way he's played through two weeks has been superb. Uh, he His pocket presence has really impressed me because that, that was one of my question marks with him. Uh, in, in you know Coming out of Oklahoma, he would drift in the pocket and his footwork would get a little shoddy at times. That's not been the case whatsoever here. He still has been holding the ball a little long, but at the same time, uh, he's has not made a single turnover where they throw in our grading has been hmm. fairly accurate uh, and he's been throwing the ball well down the field. So impressed with what he's done so far. Yeah, he's definitely a good one. And I think Rosen and Darnold have looked pretty comfortable as well. Allen looks better than I expected. Jackson's really struggled, but I do think Mayfield stands out so far. And I'm glad you mentioned his feet because I've been really paying a lot of attention to his movements within the pocket, his feet in general. And I didn't realize you guys thought that was a negative before, but I think it's a real positive right now. He looks great. Yeah, he looks great doing that. And it wasn't a negative before. You just, I thought there were times uh, when, because the offensive line was so good there that he'd be drifting Mm. at Oklahoma. He would be drifting sort of aimlessly. Whereas now when he does feel pressure, when he does feel offensive linemen, he's been so good at, you know, those subtle pocket movements that keep him clean. I haven't seen your list yet, so I'm learning as we go, but I'm going to go off script just for one second because you mentioned Oklahoma offensive line. The little I've seen of Orlando Brown, he doesn't look like the worst athlete in the world. He was fourth on the list. Oh, is he really? Okay. Top offensive players. Yeah, he's been very good. Yeah. Uh, A lot better than expected. I think they have their right tackle. 
and I love the fact that he's played 174 snaps already. Like one of the biggest things about offensive linemen is just getting them up to speed uh, with you know the NFL game, and they basically have not taken him off the field uh, in any of those games. He's only missed 36 total snaps. I so wonder far if there's a conditioning the factor in there too. I mean, he's not that, exactly that, the leanest. I was going to say that wouldn't be the worst <laughs> idea in the world either because right. I, I just coming out, I just kept saying if he loses you know 25 to 30 pounds and. It, that seems feasible with his body type. He could just sure. easily lose that. He could be, you know, a starting tackle in the NFL, but just at 350, 360 pounds, you just can't move. You know, you just aren't, I don't care who you are. You can't move well enough to keep up with edge rushers, but he, I'm not sure if he's any slimmer, but he does look like he's been, anytime I've seen him out in space, anytime I see him taking pass sets has not really been, his movement skills have not been an issue so far. So I haven't seen yeah, him get he to the second a, level. A, he doesn't look like he's totally waist-bending. I mean, he looks yeah. pretty darn good, and right tackle has been a problem for them. Yeah, so I, I would not be surprised if he is the starter come week one. Yeah, he seems to be on that path. I'm glad, I'm glad you had him on there. I didn't want to just throw out somebody you hadn't seen much of. But who else you got? Uh, the other notable one that I thought really stood out was James Washington, uh, the Steelers, because he leads uh, all rookie wideouts in receiving yards with 158. Uh, and of his seven catches so far this season, three have been contested and six have gone for touchdowns or first downs. He's really just been basically as advertised. I mean, everyone th- said he was very good. You know, he was obviously very good at Oklahoma State, but there were these knocks of he doesn't really look like a wide receiver. Maybe his speed isn't enough to be a deep threat in the NFL, but his contested catches and what he's been doing at the catch point has been pretty pretty good. It's been amazing, and I've seen him firsthand. I basically lived at Steeler training camp. I broadcasted for every mini camp, every OTA, interviewed him the day after he got, you know, drafted and came to Pittsburgh. And I liked him. I didn't expect him to last as long as he did in the draft. But when you watch him live over and over practices, he makes a play like every practice. You know, it goes up yeah. and gets a ball, really strong hands, plays much bigger than he is. Do you think he can develop into a really well-rounded, you know, route runner? I'm still not sure. I still do have mm-hmm. the question marks about him being a legitimate deep threat, uh, being anything more than, you know, maybe I think he's maybe a capped at, I don't want to say this cause they went to the same school, but I feel like Des Bryant and him are very similar in terms of body type in there, what they bring to the table. Uh, and so I think that's about what you're looking for with him. I'm still not sure he's going to be ever be a guy who gets open consistently down the field, but underneath and in the red zone, I think he's a very already could be a, one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I think they found a guy like they did Juju. And a couple notes you'll probably get a kick out of with him is the second after they drafted him, we sat down with the Steelers offensive coordinator and I asked him, I'm like, well, he was a deep threat, but he's not a burner. He's certainly not Tyreek Hill. And Hmm. the one thing that the Steelers OC said was, yeah, that's true, but he's in amazing physical shape. And unlike a lot of these receivers that run so many routes in their spread system, He's just as fast on route number 50 or 60 as he is in number one. So mm-hmm. late in the games, he starts running by people. That's actually very interesting. And something you don't really... Never thought of it. I say, yeah, I say you don't really note. Like, it's not something that you as an outsider really even think of. But you I, definitely I, are far more tired in the fourth quarter than early in the game. Yeah, especially with that many routes run. And I, it hadn't dawned on me either. And he's like, wow, it's a real strength of him. He's very mentally tough. And one more note on him, too. He has a weird body type. You kind of mentioned his body right, type. Yeah. He's long-legged, 
but he's not super tall. He has long limbs, huge hands, and his upper body's really rocked up. But he, he looks like a running back. He does he look like, like a running back, especially when he was wearing like twenty eight. Um, yeah. So I do think he could be a tackle breaker. Maybe have some golden tape to him after the catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a big fan of his coming out. I think we had we had a first round grade on him, Did and he? the biggest thing was he went to the senior bowl and he tore up press coverage he we graded yeah. all those snaps in the one-on-ones and i think he won almost every snap against press coverage they took there that we can practice which is just that's the biggest transitional factor for wide receivers going from college to the nfl is just the ability to get off press and he already has it so that's very encouraging for him so far yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because like when i got hired with, as a scout for the browns like the first week of being employed there you basically went position room to position room and sat down with all those coaches to see what they're looking for, you know, to be a Brown, you know. And Mm. the thing I learned immediately was the wide receiver coach said, when you go into any school, watch every snap of press you absolutely possibly can. And then after that, figure out what you – do what you want after that. But that's what I need to know more than anything because nobody gets off press at the college level. Yeah, and it it really is. You see guys – I think that's where Nelson Aguilar struggled coming out, guys Mm -hmm. like – even Devonta Adams coming out, you, the ability to get clean releases is so crucial to just all and all modern timing offenses. That if you're getting you know getting jammed repeatedly and getting your timing thrown off, you are not going to you're just not going to see targets. No, you're 100 percent right. And I mentioned before that we are brought to you by the Athletic. I want to tell you a little bit about them. They're doing some big things right now. They actually just hired a handful of. National analysts, Jay Glazer, Dane Brugler, Lindsey Jones, and a good friend of mine, Ross Tucker. He is now writing for them as well. Ross and I did many, many podcasts in our ESPN days. But The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The Athletic, the athletic model is very simple. There's no ads. There's no pop-ups. There's no autoplay videos. Instead, readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out. Coverage will go beyond game recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysts and a deeper perspective about teams and the league. Subscribers have access to local and national content with more than, this is amazing, more than 650 news stories are published every week on The Athletic across all sports. So I know a lot of their writers, their Steeler writer is excellent. I spent a lot of time with him at St. Vincent's. So all this, besides all that local talent, they also, also now have these national writers so what you have to do is go to theathletic.com slash LockedOnNFL, all one word, and that, that gets you 40% off your first year subscription. So it's only $2.99 a month. I mean, you might as well try it for three bucks a month, under 3 bucks a month. So go to theathletic.com slash LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, all one word. All right, Mike, you got any other rookies that are worth chatting about that are standing out? I, I got... Landry is one edge rusher I was kind of intrigued with so far. I was going to say, I was going to switch to the defense side yeah, of the ball. Okay. And Landry was our number one guy nice. on the defense side of the ball. So we're on the same page here. He has, yeah, he was very good. That Why first all the draft? <laughs> oh, you're telling, you're asking me. I was, I had called him. I called him better than Bradley Chubb coming out. I said, I'd rather yeah. have him as a pure pass rusher than Bradley Chubb. I just think he's that good. And his combine testing was fantastic. His production on the field was fantastic. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know exactly why. Injury issues, maybe. But 
you look when he's healthy, man, you saw it right now. He's going up against number ones. You know, he's going up against the first teams of these other guys and still getting it done, which uh, I think he'll be I think he'll be like Carl Lawson was a season ago and be just an immediate impact pass rusher for them. And he's another guy that fell. I mean, uh, I'm kind of yeah. I know this isn't what we're talking about, but I'm kind of excited about this Bengals young defensive line mixed with Geno Atkins and the guys that have been there. All of a sudden, it looks like a real strength of their team, too. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty high on the Bengals this year. I think they're going to have a fairly solid bounce back from last year. But that's, that's a conversation for another time. But, yeah, I do like their defensive line and the depth they had there a lot. You're the only person I've, I've heard say that besides myself. I think I'm going to pick them to be a wild card team. I mean, they actually have another line. I think their defense is really good and young. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about them. If, if their weapons, if their skill guys can stay healthy, uh, I think Cincinnati's a nine-win team or so. Right. I call them, I think they're a 10-win team. Really? So 10, six, wow. and I think they do win a wild card. So, yeah, we're on the same page. Wow, you're the only one I've heard say that. Um, give me another defensive notable rook. Nathan Shepard, defensive tackle Ooh. for the New York Jets. He has already four run stops and 23 snaps. And like Landry, he's going up against first-team offenses here. He's been doing it and the first-team defense there for the Jets. And he just looks good in the run game, at least. He hasn't made too much of an impact as a pass rusher, but uh, it doesn't look completely enough there at this point. And he's just he's so incredibly powerful one-on-one. He's one of those guys where... I went back and watched a bunch of his snaps, and double teams might take some work for him. It's just that's something from coming from Port Hayes State. You're just not going to be able to even ever see a double team like you're right. going to see in the NFL. But when he went one on one with offensive linemen, the handful of times he did, he was winning those interactions. So that's encouraging uh, for the Jets to see. Yeah, a really interesting path to get to where he is. Maybe even been a higher pick if he would have stayed healthy at the Senior Bowl too. He was wrecking yeah. things there, and then he got hurt early on in the process. Yeah, I think he only did two reps in the one-on-ones. I think he might have won both. He was he did look good. Yeah, until, yeah. yeah. I noticed him, too, in the Jets uniform. Great body type, explosive, powerful. I think he's got a real future, and they've lost some defensive linemen of late. Yeah, that's the thing. They need him to be that guy uh, if they haven't you know, any shot of Because that's a pretty talent-bereft roster, I'd say, up and down. So hopefully that pick comes to fruition there. Any other defensive guys you just want to note? Or I mean, he was a good one because he's not a household name. Hey, there were two kind of guys uh, who I think in the secondary both deserve some play. One's Jesse Bates hmm. uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think there's a, there's a reason why they got rid of George Iloka. I mean, not a great reason why because I'm not sure why you just cut a guy. Uh, <laughs> it didn't make much sense to me, right? Yeah. Uh, but Jesse Bates was playing well and he looked pretty good. Looked solid. Was not you know messing up there on the back end. One reason why. They were willing to part ways with George Aloka. And the other one was Josh Jackson, cornerback of the mm. Green Bay Packers. He's been targeted seven times so far. He has allowed one catch. Now, he did have a sort of a questionable pass interference on an out route. I thought it wasn't pass interference. but So seven times, one catch for nine yards, and he's had a pick six against the Steelers last week. He just His breaks on the routes uh, in the intermediate and underneath range have been pretty nasty at this point. Yeah, it's a great call. He, he really seems like an off-coverage corner Read yes. the quarterback, attack downhill, um, Sherman, Peters, somebody like that. But also, uh, I think maybe he can turn into a press coverage guy. I, I haven't seen a lot of it. That was a question I had with him is how much press man is he going to be? I think he's more of an off guy. I 100% agree. It's almost a factor of I don't think he just did it at Iowa. I watched a mm-hmm. ton of his snaps a season ago, and they just play so much off that you know press is a learned skill. If you're not doing it, you got to. But so I think in Mike Pettin's defense, though, 
he's going to be asked to play press at some point. Uh, I think he, you know, they're going to be coaching him on that. So uh, he has, you know, he's a taller guy. I'm not mm-hmm. sure he has the length though. So we'll see if he does end up being a press guy. But like I said, those off breaks that he has and his, you know, sort of ability to read quarterbacks already looks very, fairly solid. All right. I got one last philosophical question for you and chatting with you last year. I know that you are not a proponent at all of using early picks, massive resources on the running back position. Correct? Correct. Very correct. So I assume you do not approve of the Rams giving Gurley his contract or the Giants using the second overall pick on Saquon Barkley. Yes, that Gurley contract to me was absurdly high priced. (laughs) And to do it when they did it, like two years out. They did two years out. If he suffers a major injury, you know, there was no reason to just play the, uh, the, the Steelers have done it perfectly where you maximize the guy's usefulness while you can, and then kick him to the curb because these guys don't last forever. Yeah. I, I agree with that part for sure. And that's what I've been saying around here forever is just franchise bell, franchise bell, kick him, you know, use him up and, and he's not going to be the same player when you're done. You don't want to lock him up long-term. And the Gurley deal, give that money now to Donald or Peters or Sue or somebody like that that's who's up before him. I, I didn't understand the timing of it at all. No, that one made – it just didn't make any sense to me. And for a guy who, while he was great last year, all you, you saw two years ago was one of the worst running backs in the NFL. I mean, that would be a little worried about you know his consistency. Right, at right, this right. Uh, if Barkley turns into Le'Veon Bell two years ago – David Johnson when we saw him last. And by that, I mean a big, exceptional receiver and runner. Are you then okay with the second overall pick? <laughs> I, don't, I still don't think I am because okay. it's, it's still an opportunity cost of you passed on Sam Darnold, who already looks good. You, know, you passed on a potential franchise quarterback. You, potentially not, you, excuse me, you passed on you know, a guy like Bradley Chubb or a guy like Denzel Ward, a potential franchise cornerback or defensive end. Oh. To where I, any of those guys hit and they're you know, more valuable than that running back, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people would agree. And the NFL agrees with how much they pay each position. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you know, Saquon Barkley, an incredibly talented player, you still passed on the more valuable position. So from a value proposition, you still took the least, you know, the lowest ceiling of the bunch there. I hear you. I hear you. And I don't have a strong argument against that. I mean, I certainly like the player. And I don't think you dislike the player or the usage or their plan for him, but I do hear what you're saying. I mean, there's you can get value that that position other way, other places. Yeah, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things I saw was they. So if the if the Giants would have made the same trade that the Jets did to go back, and, or the Colts did to go back and yeah, get all those picks, pick the, pick the second they round. They could have, you know, they could have ended up having Quinton Nelson, uh, Connor Williams. Uh, Will Hernandez and James Daniels with those, you know, with those ultra <laughs> right. picks. You could have completely revamped your offensive line, and then it really doesn't matter who your running back is. If you have this, you know, dominant offensive line in front of them, you can be anybody. So you can have anybody back there running the football. So instead, they draft a running back at number one overall, and they still have a shoddy offensive line. And you know that good offensive line would also help your pass game as well. So I just disagree with how they went about building. You know. It's just from a team building perspective, using that number two pick on a running back is just not, not what I would do. Yeah. I hear you. Dude, this was fun. Let's do it again next Wednesday. It sounds like. For sure. Yeah, absolutely, man.
And take care. And where, what's, what's your Twitter? I'll make sure everybody's following you on Twitter. PFF underscore Mike. Go ahead and follow me there. I'll tweet all, all my stuff from there. Perfect. All right, man. Thanks again.